Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, regular listeners. You may have spotted that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions. So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner. Well, that and the fact that we're not allowed to use our title anymore. It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to Honey and Code. I'm Itamar Surlovich. And I'm Sarit Packer. This week, we're in our friend's garden in southeast London. We're going to light up the barbecue and we're going to cook some dishes from our upcoming book, Chasing Smoke. Our book is all about our travels around the Levant, chasing fires everywhere, cooking on grills. We'd love you to have a taste of it. This week's episode is inspired by our trip to southern Turkey, which was an obvious place to go because it's kind of like the home of food. We're going to talk to Erdem Hasukolyu, who took us around Gaziantep, his hometown. And he is such a sweet person, such a gentle, kind person, and he really showed us all... And he comes from food royalty, doesn't he? I mean, his mom is like a massive yeah. food kind of... Authority, authority in, Turkey. in Turkey. And we had an amazing time with him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up with him. And we're also going to talk to Patricia Niven, the Red Mullet, our beautiful photographer who travelled with us all through it and was the best travel companion anyone can ever have. Right, I'm going to go and light the fire. Sarit, you want to tell everyone what we're going to cook? It's our version of Adana Kebab. Adana is a city in Turkey. It's a beautiful city in Turkey that is extremely famous for its kebab. And everywhere we went, every restaurant had pretty much the same recipe and tasted completely different. Yeah, the main differences would be like... Oh, where do you get your lamb? Where do you get your vegetables? How you know? How do you chop it? Yeah. And most of it is chopped by hand, which we're going to do now. But you can, of course, use either a meat mincer. You can buy minced lamb. You can also use a food processor to a certain degree. It's not as good. But they definitely chop it by hand. They chop it using a monster of a knife that Itamar is wielding. Yeah. So I'm stepping aside. When we were there in Adana, we actually bought this knife. And this is the size of my arm and just as thick and kind of curvy like a boomerang. And it's really quite an intimidating it object. Is, it is. And I was really worried about getting it through customs, yeah, but we, somehow they let me... We got through. Yeah. It's also got like a little hole on the top just to kind of secure your hand, your fingers, uh, so that when you're chopping, you kind of do this back-forth kind of rocking motion, and it really helps you chop quite a nice amount of meat. And we're doing lamb, because traditionally it's lamb. Yeah, so I'm going to start. I'm going to get the onion. 
and I'm gonna get pepper as well, a little bit of parsley and a little bit of garlic. And I'm gonna chop that with the zir, the knife. So all these vegetables kind of get chopped as part of the meat mix and they give it a bit of moisture, but also quite important to remember to use a piece of lamb that's got some fat on it as well. Yeah. A bit of chili, uh, a bit of garlic, I'll just peel a clove for you. Just go back and forth on all our vegetables until it's a very, very smooth puree. And this is actually, I've done it in Turkey a couple of times, but I haven't done it since we came back. So this is the first time I'm using this knife. Also, you haven't usually done it on a shaky picnic table like we are now. But, you know, if it becomes too dangerous, uh, you can always, I suppose, get a mincer out. So once it comes to like this more even consistency, that's the time to dice the lamb and add that to the mix as well. So as the chopping, all these things kind of combine together. I want to yeah. move the skin, but I'm scared of the knife. Okay, yeah. onion skin. Keep skins. your fingers Keep your fingers away. away from your husband with a massive knife. Yeah, so now I'm just going to add the lamb. And you want, you want it to be trimmed, but you can have quite a lot of fat on it. Mix it with my vegetables start chopping. I've also just put another pepper and some red onion on the grill as well as uh, just a, another courgette that I had around because we're going to serve the kofta with a bit of roasted vegetables. You just work at it like this for quite a long, a long time or it takes me quite a long time because but when you watch these professionals, when we did, you know, in these kitchens, they just go for gold. They're like, you can barely see their hands move and they are doing this crazy rocking, chopping movement until the mass is completely even. And then a bit of hand kneading with the spices to just get it all amalgamated and onto the skewer. You know, a lot of them are missing fingers. Let's keep all your fingers intact, <laughs> please, if we can. No, I'm just kidding. I, don't, I didn't notice anyone missing fingers. So what you're looking for is you want to get into a mixture that kind of keeps its shape together. So when it goes on the fire, it doesn't completely fall apart. And this is like developing, I think it's called the collagen in the meat, is it? Yeah, The something. name of it. It's a protein in the meat that as it heats, it kind of adheres to itself. It makes it solid. But also we're going to add like a little bit of baking powder uh, to this mix. And this just helps that texture be that really characteristic spongy... Kofta mix. Lucy. But you can see it, even the mix is changing color. It kind of binds together. What we'll do at this stage where we're almost done is I'm going to sprinkle the spices just on the meat and then Itamar's going to chop those in. So by way of mixing, we're just going to use a bit of cumin, a bit of allspice. And just a tiny bit because, again, the main event here is the meat itself. So you don't want to overpower. You just want to gently complement it. One final chop and the baking powder, which helps with that texture. Okay. So now the mix is really bound nicely together. It kind of sticks onto itself. I don't need to chop it anymore, but I will because I'm addicted now. You just want to give it one more go every time, but you shouldn't, you really should stop because you don't want the texture to be too close but you do want to get it on the skewer now. And of course, there's a technique to that. So a bit of oil on your palms when you're coming to shape this and make a patty around the skewer, nice and thin and long. And they do this like crazy smushing thing, don't they? 
Yeah, so you need to hold it like a guitar between your thumb and your forefinger and just press it down so quickly. <laughs> press, 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 and they get this crazy pattern, I have to say. I am not a queen at this. It's a real skill, though. It is, and actually, usually they would use these, like, really big, flat metal iron skewers. They work better for this because they also conduct heat through the center, and they give you a bit more space to hold uh, the meat onto. But just make them smaller if you're not 100% convinced by your skewer. Another one hitting the grill. Not as pretty as in Adana, but hopefully just as delicious. I suppose you don't need the stick at all. You could just do it as a kofta, couldn't you? No. Am I just ruining like what generations of people are like raised on now by saying you can do it just as a kofta? What? What? You want to try one just as a kofta? Uh, sure, like a hamburger. An Adana hamburger. It's going to be our new... Uh, I'm going to see if it falls apart. Just a round Adana-style hamburger. And then make sure you've got somewhere to wash your hands because this is messy work. Messy work, yeah. All right, on you go. Hamburgers on as well. I'm going to wash my hands. Right behind you. So while the fire is catching and becoming really beautiful, we're going to have a little chat with some friends that we met along the way. Just a little trip down memory lane. Hey, Patsy. Hi, Itzy. Hey, I'm here too. Hi, Sariti. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we off to now? Sarit's got the boarding passes. She always has the boarding passes, doesn't she? <laughs> I know. I have to hold them, guys, because if I let you touch them, control. then it means I failed I my job. control everything. <laughs> Even though Patsy is quite a controlling little woman as well, and she wanted to hold her own boarding pass, which I imagine, like, it's a well, it's not, this is not controlling. This is being an adult. <laughs> you know? Well, I but we go. Where are we going? It's like a magical mystery flight. Turkey. Oh, Let's go back to Turkey. Let's. God, it was good. It was, was so really good. Wasn't good. It? It, yeah. And we kind of went to a new part, which we'd never been to before, going down to, to southern Turkey, kind of mm. Adana and Gaziantep, and quite close, I suppose, to the Syrian border, which we... Yeah, really close. ...wanted to see if that kind of, I suppose, affected the food or anything like mm. that, in a, in a way, if there was any influences. It was a really interesting trip, wasn't it? So eye-opening. Even just flying in, it felt... Fertile and lush, beautiful. Yeah, lush. Everything was just exploding beautiful. with growth. Yeah. Yeah. And surely everything we ate came from there. It didn't I would feel think like so. there yeah. was no air miles happening there. No, it definitely felt like eating local and and also like huge pride, I thought. Everyone mm. was really proud of the food they were serving and eating and talking yeah. about. And obviously everyone we met was so passionate about food. I remember that we, when we were walking the the market in Adana and we were, you know, we were seeing all this amazing produce. They were like, we would give so much to get this amazing produce in London. It was just mind blowing. And they, they were all like, no, this is the off season. And no, nothing is as good as it used to be. We're like, what are you talking about, guys? <laughs> this is amazing. Like how much, how much better can it get? But what was really nice as well about the market was like, Everyone was there, no? Like, 
you know, Patricia with a camera was kind of following a few like older people with like bags of apples and some old ladies (laughs) with herbs. But then also like young couples with babies and they were just doing their shopping. Mm. Yeah, it was nothing fancy. Wasn't there a guy prepping yeah, artichokes? With, there was that beautiful blue barrel of And also with like one of the massive knives, Pats. Like he was sitting there, not with a tiny little paring oh knife. Gosh. He just had one of these like <laughs> massive machetes and he's just like... Whoop. And their little salad station. Yeah. Just that you, you hot, add like your yeah. chopped salad, a bit of pomegranate dressing with a bit of chili. Then they just have like this touch of chili flakes at the end. So you just kind of sprinkle kind of the things you like and you drink some iron like this yogurt kind of sour yogurty drink to just mellow everything down what was the other thing that we drank you just reminded me pickle juice yes a beetroot pickle or something why well it was like turnip like a turnip the pickling juice of the turnip so like a really fermented pickling juice i suppose with colored a bit pink by beetroots and everyone was drinking it and we started drinking it as part it of like... It was so delicious. It meant it's we so could good. eat more. What was it called? Shalgam? Shalgam. Yeah. And it works so well with like this kind of grilled food because it brings everything down. It like spoke it to of... the salad really well, I think. Yeah. There was sort of a sharpness spoke in to it too. <laughs> they were friends. We went to this place as well that was like a, a liver house. So they only have liver for breakfast because... That's when you eat liver. Because it doesn't keep as well as the rest of the meat. Mm-hmm. So soon after the butchery, you eat the liver first thing for breakfast with tons of parsley, like I've never seen in my life. There was like a parsley room. And, <laughs> you know, there were people there, all they did was picking parsley. It was insane. Do you remember Baklava Street in oh, Gaziantep? Of wow. course. We spent a lot of time in one of those places. We've gone like silent because we're just thinking about these beautiful like (laughs) arrays and trays of of, uh, baklavas. And I think next time around, we don't have to eat that much. We'll take Tupperware. So you're in charge of Tupperware for next time, Itamar. You're in charge of tickets and I've got the boarding passes. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. Meet you at the airport. Cool. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That was fun, huh? Yeah, it was great catching up. All right, clean hands. And very carefully, we're going to start to see if our kofta wants to be flipped on the grill or not quite yet. So... When you're grilling things, the way to check if it's time to flip them is to see if they come off the grid really easily. Usually, if they're still a bit stuck, it means they just need just a bit longer for that protein to set. So we're almost there. I can feel some movement, but not fully. And when we're cooking here, we're cooking at kind of what I would call maybe a tempered grill, not too, too high so that it cooks entirely rather than burns on the outside and you end up with a whole load of raw meat inside. So it shouldn't hit that and have like a massive, aggressive sizzle. It should be like a nice, mellow, slow cooking, take your time, really let those flavors come together as it cooks. And then again, like before, you just wait until that other side sets before you attempt to move them off. Then traditionally served with just a bit of these grilled vegetables, anything that has gone inside, so onions, peppers, sometimes courgettes. Always bread. Always so some bread, bread yeah. like always a flatbread somewhere. And then some yogurt, some pomegranate molasses, various things go as a, a little accompaniment. So everything for our dish is now prepared. We're ready to plate up, but before we do that, we're going to sit for a little chat. To build up our appetite before we sit down to eat. Hello, everyone. Hi, Adam. Hey, Adam. How are you, man? It's so ah, good to see you. Likewise, thank you. Adam, you were so nice with us. Like, you took us around to eat around Gaziantep. And we had such a fun time eating more than we could possibly imagine that it's possible for anyone to eat, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we started our day with you at uh, the restaurant Orchidee, which is a fantastic restaurant. And we had the biggest breakfast I've ever had in my life and probably the best. And after this breakfast, they brought us the Ketmer, which was, I've never tried it before. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Katmer is uh, one of the traditional foods of Gaziantep, but it's also in Turkey, it's really popular. Katmer is coming from the root katlamak, which means folding things. And um, in Gaziantep, uh, different than the other cities, they use sugar and pistachio nuts. If it's a good katmer place, then they use real cream, some sort of Turkish cream. Um, like kaymak. Kaymak, exactly. They use yeah. kaymak inside. Where we went, the cafe Orkide, the owner is really uh, meticulous about the details. And what I like about that place is you can also go to the compartment where the dough master is working with the dough to make a really paper thin dough. And you can watch it. You can watch your own katmar being made. You can watch how the master is swirling the uh, dough in the air to make it thinner. That was amazing. It's, he even let me try, didn't he? He was trying to teach yeah. me how to how to roll the pastry really thin. You had to practice first with a towel. Yes, they wouldn't let me touch the pastry. Before you were allowed to touch the dough. <laughs> <laughs> but it was delicious, wasn't it? I mean, and just the pistachios that you guys get there. I mean, maybe you don't realize how gifted you guys are by getting such produce in the area. Like when you when you live there, when you grow up there, do you really appreciate the produce? Is it clear to you that you're eating things that are delicious <laughs> or do you think it's just part of life like 
It's uh, in a way when you leave Gaziantep, especially when I was younger, when I leave Gaziantep, I would really crave for Gaziantep food. And I thought I would be like, mm, I mean, no matter what is served, it wouldn't really satisfy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're right. It's uh, in a way better not to live in Gaziantep because when you go back to ho your hometown to visit your elder people, it's it's extremely nice because you don't only see your big family and you also get to eat really good food that you're accustomed to as a child and in your younger years. That's really nice. What would you say is distinct and different about the food of Gaziantep to the rest of Turkey and the rest of the world? I would say the valuation of the food because people really take pride and they take really like a lot of pleasure in food. There is not so much drinking culture. There is no almost no bar culture. There is not really so much entertainment culture. So the culture of the Gaziantep is not like people don't even go to theaters or something like that. They are really focused on their food. That's where they take their joy, their pleasure. It's not just about the food. It's about having a good time. Everything is about like, you know, making sure that you enjoy your 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 lunch, your evening, your morning. And it's all kind of so welcoming and so generous. I mean, everything was... Everyone was generous with their time and with their with their food and produce. So it really comes across, you know. But I think um, it has something to do with your own attitude too, because I have seen other people, other tourists too. You, you guys are really friendly. You guys were really respecting the restaurant owners or the chefs that are working. It's good. We, we didn't we know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't often get to hear nice things about ourselves, no. Erdem. So thank you for that. <laughs> Erdem, we also went to a butcher, right? You took us to like a local, um, a local butcher shop where he makes all the kind of kebabs and the little bakery next to it. And we had lachmajun there in the in the courtyard. Tell us a bit about the lamb because lamb is a big part, isn't it? <laughs> lamb or mutton is the biggest part of the eating culture. When we went with you to Altonet, the butchery shop, <laughs> they knew and everybody else would go there because they knew that their lamb was good. Like they would know where they get their lamb. And then when we went to the, another place, you'd say, oh, yeah, these guys used to be good, but now they're getting the meat from Metro. So it's not so good mm -hmm. anymore. So really exactly. fussy about the kind of the, the quality, quality of, of the actual meat and the, the source of it. But also there's a special part to these lambs, like the, the, the secret of the flavor. Tell us about the secret of the flavor. The butt fat or the tail fats? Tail, fat. Yeah. tail yeah. fat, yeah, I think it's it makes a huge, really big difference in the taste-wise. If you're having kushbasha, there is something called kushbasha. On the skriver, you put one meat and then another meat. And then if you make, let, let's say, six, seven meat pieces, you need to put at least one small piece of butt fat or tail fat, a small piece. Yeah. When it's cooking together, it's melting and giving all the other small pieces of the meat the flavor, the intense um, tail fat burnt flavor which is really, like, I think, in my opinion, makes it extremely delicious. I'm really, I think, one of my favorite foods. Of course, I wouldn't consume it alone. <laughs> Maybe it's too, it will be too heavy, but... It's almost like a seasoning, then, not just an ingredient, but, like, mm -hmm. for the flavor. This lamb, this tail fat or butt fat of the lamb, we when we come here, we try to sort of recreate those dishes and those flavors, and, of course... It never tastes the same because we cannot get this 
tail fat here. In our book, we say to make like a proper Turkish kebab, you need proper Turkish lamb because it's lamb. quite hard mm-hmm. to do it. <laughs> I mean, you can make good kind of good versions, good uh, English versions, you know, kind of. <laughs> there are a lot of different things, but it doesn't have that specific flavor that flavor. we enjoyed so much when we were in southern Turkey. Erdem, you, you also took us to a proper cookery class. Like, what was this place? Like, where, where, it's a, why were they teaching? It's a culinary school that the municipality is connected to government started because Gaziantep uh, became really famous in Turkey and uh, it was taking uh, steps to become more known uh, worldwide. I think they had a UNESCO um, uh, deal or they had a reward from UNESCO for the gastronomy level, they wanted to start this cooking school, the culinary school. Of course, when they heard that you you guys are coming from London and you guys are really in your field, really good researchers and also running a restaurant, they were extremely happy to accommodate you and yeah, do the presentation, food presentation for you. It was really lovely for us. I think two of the recipes that we learned there are in this book that's coming out. And it was really, it was really just lovely to see how you can introduce seasonal produce into into the kebab. So like we when we were there, we cooked with um, a lokwat on it, which I'm not sure what you call in Turkish. Do you call it? Yeni uh, Dunya, uh, I think. You guys are talking yes, about lokwat. Yes, 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 yes. Yeni Dunya And I, I think and they were also serving garlic kebab, but they yes, got this too is excited. The, exactly. This is the second <laughs> one that's in the book with like young, new season garlic where it's a mm-hmm. whole head kind of grilled on the barbecue. And oh. that was Absolutely amazing. So both of those have ended up in the book because they were so special. Tell us uh, about a few other foods that you kind of love or miss now that you're living in Istanbul. And and (laughs) if you go home tomorrow, what's the first thing you're going to eat? The first thing I think will be Beyran. That's also one of my favorite foods. When we uh, left Imam Chadash, the famous, really famous restaurant, after eating the kebab and stuff, yeah. there was a small restaurant next door. I don't know if Itamar remembers. <laughs> they were burning fat or something. It was like a fire. Yeah. Yeah, yes, all over he the, was yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, this guy was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what is the dish So you just... Beran is something that you uh, you also use, by the way, uh, mutton tail fat for uh, Beran. It's basically really, really slowly cooking the lamp with uh, maybe bony part. It could be the ribs or it could be the neck part. In the restaurants, they generally use the neck part. What I like is using the ribs because it's more fatty and it gives more uh, flavor to the, the meat stock. So you uh, cook it overnight for maybe five, six hours on extremely low temperature and then in the morning, you get the meat stock and then you make minced garlic. On one side, you put like pepper flakes, red pepper flakes, sun-dried if possible. Gaziantep also has really good pepper flakes. And then on the other side, on a separate pan, you uh, boil some, um, you cook some rice, just plain rice. And then at the final part, you mix all these ingredients together on really hot temperature. You bring it to a boil. This is, I think my favorite type of Gaziantep food. Sounds delicious. I want to point out to everyone that can't see you that you're super skinny. It's not that you're talking about eating <laughs> like this, like lamb fat and all these things, but you are a very skinny man. So uh, obviously it's you. about, uh, you know, moderation about, uh, you know, the, the lamb fat. This is not the only thing you eat. You eat a lot of fresh vegetables and, and fruits as well. Mm, mm, yeah. You're not yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> no, On but you fence. have those like... The little sour plums, what are they called? Like little green sour plums that are kind of 
crispy. There was like street vendors everywhere selling them. Yeah, they are the yeah. fresh ones, plums that are immature. They are not uh, ready. They are taking out from the, I think, trees early in the season. You can also prepare a really good Gaziantep local dish using these erik, we call it. It gives it a really nice flavor. A friend of my mom's actually cooks it at home and it's really, really mind-blowing, extremely delicious. But I don't know the recipe for that. Yeah. <laughs> As if we need an excuse to go back to Gaziantep, tell us about the one thing that we missed. I want to uh, suggest Shwedis. I think it's really also unique to Gaziantep. And it's also seasonal, spring season food, because you need fresh garlic. And if you can find fresh onion, fresh garlic... Uh, it's a yogurt-based soup, like the Syrian uh, cuisine. Like Syrians also, I think, in Aleppo, they use lots of uh, yogurt-based food. It also has lamb, of course, and chickpeas. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure how to prepare it. It's just... Uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to read up should, on we, it. And we're then just we going to have yeah. to come back. That's yeah. it. Adam, thank you so much for talking to us. It's such a pleasure. It, it was, was such a pleasure. pleasure. We can't wait to come back to Turkey and thank you for really having me over, inviting me for the interview. It's it was such, really a such, such, such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Both of you. Really, it's it's so nice to talk to, to people from the Afrin, yeah. in yeah. a different country. I hope, we, I hope we get to see them soon. I know. Should we uh, eat? Yeah, I think it's time. Yeah, let's go eat. Okay. I'm just going to tear a bit off. I mean, the texture, it looks like the real thing. It's very, very hot. Be careful. Very, very hot. But it has that kind of loose, open texture that is so nice. Mm. I think it's so perfect. Mm. Mm. That's nice. I mean, it does taste like the real thing, doesn't it? Definitely tastes like a holiday. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking, it tastes like going away. Mm. Much nicer with a bit of salt on top. Let me try. <laughs> <laughs> I think this for me is what it's about. Freshly chopped, gently seasoned. Get plenty of smoke from the grill. This is right up my alley. So guys, if you enjoyed cooking with us today, really hope you listen to the other four episodes in this series. It's kind of a mini series to give you inspiration, a summer project, say, of cooking on your barbecue, food from all around the Levant. We cooked in uh, Israel, in Egypt, in Jordan, in Turkey, and in Greece. We had such an amazing time. Hopefully, if you cook along with us, then you'll get a bit of a flavor of the trip we had. It will take you, transport you to another place until travel is completely safe again. Yeah, I hope you, you enjoy. And if you want to hear more or read more about our trips, it's all in our book, Chasing Smoke. We want to thank the beautiful Air Demos of Kolyu for talking to us and to Patricia Neven. We want to say a big thank you to our producer, Miranda Hinckley, and to Claire Crofton for additional production. We want to say a big thank you to our audio engineer, Paul Brogdon, and to Daniel Winshall for our fancy new theme music. Special thank you to Louisa Kornfeld, a.k.a. Lulu, head of communication in Honey & Co., plus so much more, and to our dear friend, Polly Russell, for lending us her garden. It's goodbye for me, Sarit Packer. And for me, Tomas Rulovich, thank you so much for listening. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.